Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on another episode, a great episode, if I must say, of our podcast. I get to talk to head coach of Defiance High School, Mr. Tom Held. Coach Held has been at Defiance now for 21 years. Defiance is a school in Ohio. It's got a record of 526-94. and It's won three state championships there, five state appearances, nine players drafted out of his program. Three big leaguers have come from there. John Neese, Chad Billingsley, Justin Hancock. Um, another big one people might have noticed is Luke Haggerty coming through there. And he talks about it. He has a story about that. you got to listen to the podcast um, about his story with Luke. And um, Coach Held was also eight years at Bryan High School. It's kind of where he kind of developed his velocity system and getting known for guys making these pretty big jumps in velocity and him teaching his simple truths really well. But in 2012, he was also the Ohio High School Baseball Coach Association Hall of Fame inductee. 2014, he was Defiance College High School Hall of Fame inductee. But Coach Held, I've had multiple conversations with him. Very thankful for our relationship. Um, every time, it's hard for us to stop talking. Every time um, I get a chance just to sit and listen and enjoy our, enjoy our time and conversation and just been really fortunate um, to being able to get to know him. Coach Held is a great guy. He knows how to teach velo, knows how to teach curveball, but the simple truths, and he just eases your mind with the game is simple and keeping it simple and trusting your trusting yourself and your processes and what you do. Because um, I think that's what's really hard nowadays as well with social media and everything is is the fear of missing out, fear of maybe not sharing certain things or going all these different places with all these different content that you're getting, being true to what you can manage and true to what you can do. Coach Hell is a true uh, testament to that. Um, We go over his velocity system. We talk about his curveball system. He knows how to develop pitchers and his proofs there. And, um, you know, I really hope that you enjoy this great conversation. I know I did. It's always a pleasure when I get to talk to Coach Held. And uh, so I'm really hoping that you enjoy this conversation with Coach Tom Held. From Defiance High School in Ohio. Ninety-nine percent of me, anyways. I'm not speaking for everybody. We steal and tweak and grab. I mean, that I mean, that one probably kind of was, but not completely because I knew there, there were weighted balls back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not a lot, but there were that stuff's been going like all this stuff now has been going on for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, people just reinvent stuff and remarket it, and and yeah. uh, you know, so uh, a lot of that stuff, but yeah, it's 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 a it's I had, I had a guinea pig and uh, uh, I put him on, he was a basketball guy, and he was uh, I coached him in freshman basketball, and I didn't know he was a three sport guy. And, and he loved baseball, but he didn't even know if he was going to play baseball until I coached him in basketball. And uh, he was like a great – he had a nice little curveball growing up, but he didn't throw very hard. 
but I loved him. And then we had a great relationship. So I got him to play baseball. And then after that year, uh, he's playing. And then he ended up giving him football, but he big basketball guy. And I just got him on this program. I said, Hey, try this. And he did it. And actually the first guy to recruit him, this is another, this is how small world, John Lauer. At yeah. That's how I met John Lauer. Oh, wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So how did you even come up with the three ball? So like, was it, was it something you just started thinking of like, I just need to speed the arm guys arms up or like what? what, what? Uh, no, to- no, no, just total by accident. Uh, when I was get out of, when I was in my senior year in high school, and do you want me to tell the story now? Yeah, man, let's get it. Let's just get in it, man. Let's just rock it. And, and uh, so I was a senior in high school. It was 1980. I graduated, and there were no jobs, uh, absolutely no jobs. So a buddy of mine and I, uh, uh, he, he actually didn't even play baseball. We were both basketball guys. And we go out to his garage, and we get a uh, use his gas grill, get a carpet remnant for the strike zone. And we have a, a Nerf ball. And we had PVC pipe for our bat. And then we marked tape around his wall of his garage and played home runs. We hit, yeah. but we'd throw his heart. He would throw all junk and, you know, curveballs with nerf balls. You know what I mean? But I always try to throw as hard as I could. I always had a good arm. I played shortstop in high school. I pitched three games in my high school career. So. Hmm. But I always had a pretty good arm. My dad played 13 years of pro ball. So he always kept me in the game. He always knew basketball was my first love. But he said, just keep playing. You never know. And, uh, so anyways, we do that all summer. At the same time, I'm playing slow-pitch softball. There was no such thing as baseball in our area after high school in 1980. It was all slow-pitch softball. Okay. So at night, then I go play slow-pitch softball. You didn't have fast-pitch either? Nope. There was no, no fast-pitch. We're from a real small room. Okay. And so uh, did that. And I think doing that all summer, I mean, we literally would play that stupid game in the garage like three days a week. I mean, we it, it, <laughs> and, and I'd go play slow pitch. So there was nothing else to do. We'd have any jobs, right? I mean, from zero jobs. The, the, the economy was terrible. And uh, so then I go to I go to college and play basketball. My freshman year didn't play baseball. Uh, my sophomore year played basketball. And and between my freshman year and sophomore year in high school, uh, or so, freshman year and sophomore year in college. A buddy of mine from my high school was a good, pretty good pitcher. He said, I'm going to go down to Bowling Green State University, the Cincinnati Reds camp. And they always had camps back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how there weren't showcases. There were the, you know, the Reds would always have a. And so I go, he goes, open, hey, like an come. open tryout. Yeah. And yep. he goes, you want to go along? I go, yeah, I just want to see how hard I get there. There were no radar guns, but they always had them radar guns at those places. I go, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I just want to go see how hard I throw. And so we went down there and camp was over and they read the numbers following people stay afterwards and they read my number and so yeah ah. and and uh, i really don't know how hard i was throwing at that point hard enough for them to ask mm-hmm. so our college coach defines college coach just happened to be there and after my sophomore year he goes hey uh, why don't you uh come out for baseball and i said ah i might well the basketball season kind of didn't go well towards the end of the year for me as an individual so Luckily, that was happened because if it had gone been a good year, I probably would never play baseball. Right. And so I go out for baseball, and I threw all at 15 innings, not much. I get this letter from the Reds. Again, it's come back to tryout. Mm-hmm. So I went down there, threw again, kept my number, and after the camp, I said, "Hey, we'd like you to come down to Riverfront next week mm. to Cincinnati, the Riverfront. We're going to bring in 10 guys." So I go down there. This is going into my so it's after my sophomore year, summer of my sophomore year. 
and yeah. uh, get down there. And Tim Belcher from Mount Vernon Nazarene College, which is NAI school in our in our area, kind of in our area, a couple of, uh, a couple hours away, was there. And I think that day, remember this was back when the ray gun. So the ray gun was really like uh, they always that measured the ball across the plate. So it was always five mile an hour, four or five mile an hour less. Then mm-hmm. the jugs gun because the jugs gun came out after that. So if you threw 86 to 88 on that, you're really throwing 91, 92 back mm-hmm. then. So, and I think I, that day I hit like 88 on the ray gun and Belcher was like only like 90, mm-hmm. 89, 90. Well, the next spring, Belcher ends up being the number one pick in the country in 1983 out of Mount Vernon Nazarene, Tim Belcher, who had a great career at the Dodgers. Yeah. Now, I didn't go in the first round, but I ended up getting drafted. So I go back my junior year, I pitch, I throw like 30 innings, I get drafted, and I play three years of pro ball. Uh, and so that's always been when I was – that was probably the best experience of my life to prepare me or give me a little bit of a fire to coach baseball. I still wanted to be a basketball coach. But what I saw in those three years is I saw uh, watching the guys that I played with and then coming back home, I'm thinking – and we got guys in our area that, that can do this. Mm-hmm. And, and we never had a lot of guys in our area. And, and the biggest thing is they just didn't play baseball. They didn't stay with baseball. They go to basketball or, you know, and wouldn't stay with baseball. So that was kind of a mission I had when I got back is try to keep athletes in baseball and try to give them the belief, Hey, this can happen for you. And that's, and that's kind of how it started. So back to the three ball where it's 1994, I'm coaching basketball at Bryan uh, JV basketball. And I'm also coaching head baseball. So we don't do any winter workouts in baseball back then. We didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't do it. You know, we just showed up for the season. Right. And I had the senior go, Hey, I want to do some throwing. And I had a few guys that didn't play basketball. And I said, you know what, we'll just put st- set you up on the stage and uh, we'll drop a little league and we'll play a little one-on-one like I did in the garage in 1980. Let's go with, we're going to throw wiffle balls. Up. So we threw, they would throw wiffle balls pitch with footballs off the mound and guys would be hitting and they keep track and play games. And that year that Mike Weaver is his name. He's actually the head coach at Olin Tangier Berlin in, in uh, Columbus. Uh, he got he, his arm like, man, he was throwing hard and we really didn't have radar guns then. And he go, and I go, man, you can't some be like, I think it's thrown that dang wiffle ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, who knows? Maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. And I kind of like broke in and started thinking, you know, Maybe there's something to that because my arm got a lot stronger throwing that well or that nerf ball mm-hmm. uh, and playing softball. And then in 96 is when I in- implemented it with Nathan Smith, who with the softball, he's a basketball guy. And I said, Hey, let's do this. Let's try a softball, baseball, tennis ball. Mm-hmm. Let's throw it into a net in the winter. There's nowhere to go throw your basketball guy. Take you 15, 20 minutes, three days a week. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. I remember he we got a gun and he is south where you threw like seventy maybe it was seventy mile an hour. Mm-hmm. By the time he got to his senior year, he was ninety. He mm-hmm. was only six foot. He wasn't a at what I would call athletic. He wasn't a runner and jumper. Mm-hmm. He was a worker. And uh, we had a fall ball game and I called. Uh, I'd known Rich Maloney because I was kind of a bird dog associate scout with the Braves and we do camps in Ball State. And I called Rich. I said, hey, we got a guy that I think he might be able to play. And John Lowry hmm. came up to watch him in Fort Wayne. And John remembers this purpose, per, uh, definitely remembers this well. Uh, and uh, he recruited him. And Nate 
he was a tough for a decision. He ended up going to Ohio State and he ended up being a first team player, first team all Big Ten pitcher there and, and so on. So that's how it all started. And then from that time on, uh, I got the defiance in fall of 98. And then we've been doing the, that three ball ever since. So like with the three balls too, like were you, are you like, a, were you like intentional, like right away saying every pitch you're throwing this as hard as you can? Because like, I know you've kind of developed it. We can get into all the drills and stuff like that, but like, Yes. From the start, has it always been just throw it as hard as you can into the nets with these three balls? Yes. Yes. It's always been every from the time, you know, the buzzword there for a while was intent. Well, we would use the word intent forever. Mm-hmm. And it does you it's like anything. You do anything, you go lift weights, you put hundred pounds on the on the on the barbell and you lift hundred pounds for six months. Guess what? Well, you might get toned and a little strong, but you ain't gonna get any stronger. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, you can go throw every day. But if you ain't throwing with intent, you're not going to build Velo. And so, and I was one of those guys growing up that we'd play burnout in the backyard and we'd long tossed, didn't know it really was called long toss. But when we were kids, we'd go see, we'd throw, we met, my cousin and I would get to see how far away we could get and throw it as far as we could. And so we did that and just kind of put it all together of thinking, you know, maybe we can train this way. And, and, uh, and that really, and it's worked. So, uh, they always, they always say if it, if, uh, you know, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. So uh, that's kind of what we've done. So, like, did you have to go back? Because I'm sure, like, that first year, like, did you, like I know you, you have your 90-mile-an-hour club. Like, so did you have to go back and say, oh, Dylan Smith was, like, the first guy that we had? Well, it's kind of funny because I always call it the, uh, the Nathan Smith uh, throwing program because he was the first guy. But our 90 club, we started when I came to Defiance. So we didn't do uh, that. Okay. <laughs> so we right. can't put him on the 90 club. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. That's right. I forgot I was at Brian. My goodness, you were at Brian. So even yeah. back then, then you took it to Defiance. Okay. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, that would be, that would be kind of tough. That'd be kind of tough to do that. Yeah. So when, when, when was it like, um, so you're throwing a tennis ball, the baseball and the softball. So like, was it just literally like on the mound at that time? Like just a prescribed amount of throws. Um, and then, cause I know now you're have different drills. Like how has that evolved? It's always been into a net. Uh, we've, we've always done the three balls into a net, uh, the softball, tennis ball, baseball. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I don't know if we, we did, we've been, we've done our, the throwing progression we do have done has been for years. So I can't remember vividly with Nathan, our first guy, because he did it in his garage on his own. You know, I don't know for sure if he did every part of the throwing progression, uh, you know, but I do know that uh, he did parts of it. And, and then we, so with our, with our throwing program right now, we actually do our throwing progression when we're doing it in the net. They got outside the one knee drill. We don't do the one knee drill into the net, but otherwise we do everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's always been, shoot, you've had that for 30 well, yeah, I guess. 22 years. 20, 20, 25 years. Actually, 25 yeah. years, right? 24 yeah, 20, yeah, with Brian. Yep, yep. Yeah, close to, yeah. So, okay. Well, yeah, so you've been the same. Then that, that, that's time-tested. Like you said, those things have kind of been around, and we've been we've been doing those things. And, you know, so how is it, how, how hard has it been for you to to stray away from it? You know, like how hard, like you get pressured into saying, well – I know you've been, you've made the trip to drive on and you've seen those guys. Like yeah. how, 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 how hard has that been for you? Well, you know, that's, fun. that's a, that's a great point. We have never strayed away from, uh, never. We have tried other things. Um, but what's interesting is, uh, I don't know what year it was. It's probably John would know this. 
John Lowry know this. It might have been 03. It's whenever Ron Wolferth came on the scene and 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 the baseball ranch. And he spoke at the ABCA <clears throat> and he was talking about basically about building velocity way back then and throwing his heart, throwing with intent, throwing as hard as you can. And and I remember walking out and I talked to John right after, like a lot of people were leaving that room, like this guy's crazy. And mm-hmm. and I don't know about this. And John and I both said, Hey, we like this guy. And and John and I, we've always been on the same page. We've had, I don't know if he'll say the same thing. I've always been on his page. I've always believed in what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we really believed in it. And it's something that we were already kind of do, doing a lot of the Wolfers stuff anyways, before Wolferth, uh, and because we have been doing, I've never been a big weightlifting guy because I'm old school guy. I've gotten mm-hmm. more into it, but I've always, we've always done the military stuff forever. The push-ups, the sit-ups, the jumps, the box, jump, you know, all that stuff. Really, that's another thing we've been doing that so long. And then P90X comes out mm-hmm. a few years ago, probably 10 years ago or whatever. And my assistant, Rick Weaver, goes, uh, Dude, you ought to see this program. It's called P90X. I go, what is it? He goes, it's everything we do. Yeah. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah. yeah, it's like everything we do. And so I go, so I looked at it and I go, oh my God, why didn't we think of this and put it on a DVD? Oh, no. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of how, um, and we still really do a lot of that. We branch off. That's, you know, one thing great about Twitter and, uh, and, and Instagram and all that stuff. You can pick up all, you can put new drills in every day. It's doing the same stuff on weight training and strength training and, and that, but uh, that's been a big belief. For sure. I wonder, I wonder you, if you start what you do now, you know, and with Twitter and everything else, how hard it would keep, have you to keep doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? Cause I know how I feel like now, you know, when you have things that kind of have work, but then you, you, you can see all those things and you can pull them. And you said, they're great resources, but also at the same time, like then you fear of like sticking with something. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, no matter what you do, you're going to be judged because there's going to be someone that's not going to agree with it. And, and that's just part of it. So, uh, you know, it's, you know, like, you know, I, I it, there's been so many people that I've, taken stuff from and tried and, and, and it's worked and there's been so many things that it can be different pitching guys, no matter what it is. And there's some things that work for our guys and some things don't, but we try about everything, but we never go away from our softball, tennis ball, baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when, then when driveline came along uh, and actually, uh, you know, guy by the name of Paul Nyman is a guy I've been following for a long time. And I, and he's an old school guy. And I, I really believe in his stuff. Uh, but when driveline came along, uh, one of my assistants, Eric Spray, came up from India and he was talking about driveline. This was like in 2015 because Kyle actually did some of his first camps. He only went to like two places in the country his early years. Might have been a little earlier than that. And South Bend was one of them. Uh, and, you know, Joel Mishler, don't you, through John? Yep. Yep. Okay, so Joel hosted it, uh, them in, in, South, in up there where Joel, oh, okay. Joel with Indiana Chargers actually yeah. hosted Kyle before Kyle Bodie, before anybody. So my assistant was talking to me about, Hey, you got to look into this stuff. So I said, well, I'm not going to incorporate stuff until I see it. So we spent a weekend. I went there and watched it. And his philosophy was the same. I mean, bottom line, a lot of the same philosophies and I really liked it. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so we've done, we do that. Uh, you know, we do the bio balls. We don't do the, 
heavy weighted balls, we stay with our balls on that, but we'll do the reverse throws, pivot pick or pivot pickoffs and stuff. Oh, like so that. you've incorporated like the pre. Yeah, we have the, we have the plyo wall. We have yeah, and the J bands, and I still like the Wolfer band uh, circuit uh, the best uh, from the band standpoint. But uh, you know, the J bands really not any different than Doctor Job's exercises from years ago with the you know the two pound weights or whatever. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all good stuff. So yeah, so you're so you're taking into so I guess all the pre-throwing work that Driveline does, as well as the recovery stuff. You say that's yeah. like the biggest thing that you've yeah, and we just kind of evolved. Yeah, and it and it's it's more that's more of an individual thing. Like I don't really that's not it's in our in our in our process, I guess. Uh, but what I've noticed is by incorporating different things, which I think are all very good. And, 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 but the bottom line that we always go back to is throwing. Mm -hmm. And I still think that's the best recovery. I think it's the best prehab. Uh, I think it's the best you can, it isn't everything. I just, I believe throwing outdoes anything else. And, and, uh, uh, and I don't think, I, you know, they always say you can, uh, you can't throw too much and you pitch too much. And I, I totally believe that you can never throw too much. Uh, so would you say, would you say like purposeful throwing or yeah. like you're just saying, well, toss? no, no, I mean, pur no purpose. Yes. Now, uh, you know, I think everything has to be for a purpose without a doubt. If we're just going to go do the, our throwing routine into a net and just go through the motions is you're, you're wasting your time. And mm -hmm. the bottom line is every kid may think he's thrown with intent, but until you put the gun on him, they're not. They always have more. They think they're cutting loose. But, boy, as soon as you take the pocket radar, walk around or or whatever, and then all of a sudden they gear it up. So if you could literally have a radar gun on every kid throwing, you would really make a difference, I, in my opinion, uh, because the intent would be there on every throw. And so uh, – but the radar gun's been our Bible. Uh, you can never – we've – you know, we've charted – we've chart everything from – We've been doing that for years on basically just velocity though. So, mm -hmm. um, so are you having to, I guess, be purposeful about how many they're throwing? You know, I think that's uh, you know, people always ask me with, with our, with our throwing, winter throwing or whatever, yeah. how much you throw? I go, I don't know. And they can say, do you have, do you, does it matter if you throw the softball first, tennis ball, baseball? Yeah. I don't know. We just, we just always done the softball, tennis ball, baseball. Who knows? I don't know. I don't even know if that's 100% everything. I just know it's worked for us. Sure. But I do know that, that you have to, you have to get after it. There's no doubt about it. And we do it rapid. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's actually a conditioner as well because we'll, we'll get 70, we'll do 72 throws. And usually three days a week. Can you do four days a week? Absolutely. Could you do five days a week? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 72 throws. But yeah. Um, but we do three just because it works out with our workouts. So sure. Sure. Yeah, I was just I was wondering, you know, if you've if you've seen a difference in like recovery now, like kids are getting just uh just how I think kids have changed and our game's a little bit I, I don't know. I mean, you, you I guess you could say speak to that more than I could, like about at building in those recovery has, has it been the traditional just three days a week and can you will you push a kid to four days or you have you put a kid back to two days depending on how their arm is you know it no we don't really it's it's that's that really probably isn't the science because that's our winter stuff now once we get out 
mm-hmm. no matter how much throwing you do in the net. And then you go outside and you do, we do, we'll, cause we'll throw for 20 to 30 minutes every single day. And once you get outside and go through the progression and then long toss, they're hanging big difference between long toss. Like I would, if I was in a warm environment, I would just long toss. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do the, I wouldn't do the, the netting thing. Uh, I would, I would be out doing the softball. I don't, we do the softball baseball in the fall outside. We do not do the tennis ball. Uh, just never have. Uh, I suppose if I was in a warm environment, I may, you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. that, um, but I, to me, long toss still outweighs everything when it comes. I never knew you did the softball and tennis ball outside in the fall. We do the softball and baseball outside. Yeah, softball we and do, baseball. Yeah, we'll alternate uh, each progression, softball, baseball. Now, do you, do you do that specifically for the softball for a reason? I mean, just, uh, just maybe stay behind the ball. Seven more. ounces. I mean, it's heavy ball. It's seven ounces. And what I like about a seven-ounce softball compared to a seven ounce weighted ball and they're gonna say well it's the same amount no it's not even close it's just like a football weighs more but you football doesn't hurt your arm and i and a softball being a bigger diameter obviously you can't feel the weight but you pick up a a seven ounce waterlogged baseball and try to throw a thing about it yanks your arm out you know sure. so uh that's why we've always I, i'm not i've never been a weighted ball throwing a weighted ball like the drill stuff good but as far as and a lot of people do it, I'm just not a I'm not a huge fan of it because I don't trust it like uh-huh. I do the softball. So, mm-hmm. wow, that's great. I didn't I didn't know that in the fall. So that's cool. So in the fall, you'll do those two things. So we'll how far how much do you guys get to work in the fall? Well, we can. Well, we have open throwing, but you got to remember we're a small school. Yeah. So, like in all honesty, most of our guys. Like I think that we had two guys in our top three classes this fall and and our top two guy, we only had two guys that were not sophomores, junior seniors that even came out and throw. And I'm not even sure there'll be pitchers. So it's, it's the deal that, uh, and most of our guys are, are our group. We have our, well, most years, a lot of our best players are basketball guys are pitchers. So they have to find a way to do it on their own. Uh, if they want to do it, you know, that's always, that's about a 20% chance they're going to religiously do it. Right. Yeah. It's the joys of the small school. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, they want all, they all want the athletes. So, yeah. And that's, and there, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, absolutely nothing wrong with that. No, for sure. For sure. So, I mean, have you, um, I guess with the, with the three, so you'll shut it down a little bit from the end of fall right now, I guess you're open throwing, or does that just lead right into your winter throwing? Once you're outside, you can't get outside. We go right inside. Yeah. Well, what we'll do is, is, uh, we start our, we'll start our winter stuff in two weeks. So we actually ended, we're going to give them these two weeks just to get away. And, mm-hmm. and uh, some of them will still go out and keep doing, I always say, if you want to keep doing it, but we're going to be getting the football guys here pretty soon. So they'll be starting in fresh um, with, with our winter, th- which will be the inside throwing uh, mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. I think, I, I think, you know, just thinking of, I'm like, it, it sounds like you're all just about throwing, but I know that, you guys work out a ton, you know, like I think that's what people don't realize too. Like it's all part of it. And that that's even for me too. Cause like, I, ne- like I put in so much of like, we got to do all these different baseball things, all these protocols and those are great. But like, it's also so much. I think what you guys do is the physical training part of it as well, that your guys can feel it. Like even back in the, I remember watching your videos, there's some, there's some big kids there, you know? And so, have you said that you were always typically just to the military style 
You've always kind of stuck to that. Yes, we have. Um, and is that something you take all throughout the year too? Well, the, the yes, for the most part, we don't do actually. We do no. We don't do any strength of training. Uh, the only time we do any strength training with baseball is November until our first day, of, uh, first day of practice. Um, we don't have to do anything. We don't have a strength coach for the summer. Uh, our school doesn't have a strength coach, just up to the coach mm-hmm. and our guys, two and three sport guys. So I'm not going to bring them in because we play, we'll play. We stay together as a high school team in the summer. So we'll play 35 games, uh, in the summer. Uh, and then they'll take August off. It's dead time. And then the guys that aren't in the fall sport will come out and throw. And that's about it. They can go in ahead if they want to in the, in our indoor facility. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think our strength is all is strictly military. And I think as much from the strengths defense standpoint, uh, you know, it's really more the mental toughness that we're building because we go fast paced for an hour, nonstop working and, uh, uh, building athleticism, I would say probably as much as anything with strength stuff, but, uh, a lot of pull-ups, you know, stuff that kind of, a lot of functional strength stuff. Um, we, the reason we do that is because we never had a facility mm-hmm. and we had, we would share a weight room with all the athletes in the winter. Well, they gave us this little room in the back. And so we'd get light and we had a batting cage upstairs for, so for years, my first 18 years of defiance, we had one batting cage upstairs of a stadium with no heat. Mm. And we had a little cubby hole of a room downstairs that we'd work out. So we split them. So do, and so all the squat racks were being used by football guys and everything and all the benches and all that stuff. So we did our own strength and, 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 uh, and did, did it that way. And it's, and we, and actually, I guess, We've had some football guys that made me believe in it more. We had some football guys. I remember they went and Ned did. They were he's going to being recruited, and he had to go do like the bench press, you know, with the reps. You know what I mean? They go to college, yeah. and, and and the kid upped his reps from doing it was going into his senior year, and he did our workouts instead of the football workouts, and that's because he was done. No, it was after senior. Yeah, it was after senior football season, so he did our workouts. So in Jan- for like two months, two and a half months. And then he went to a football workout and he increased his reps on the bench by nine from the time he, yeah. And wow. he credited all the functional strength and stuff to his bench press. So yeah, that made me feel better that, well, we are building some strength. Now, does that work for everybody? Probably not. There'd be an argument that's crazy, but it worked wow. for that kid. And that's really one of the few kids we've ever known that's ever done that. So, yeah. yeah but I think that's still, um, like I said, people would might think that you're just, you know, it's just all about the throwing, but it really isn't, you know, like your strength is still, I know a big part of what you guys do from your functional strength standpoint. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I got to remember like the video, like for even the video to have a specific part and say the strength part is part of the throwing program. Like, you don't hear that. Like that is not, I mean, I know Ron at the, at the camp, you know, they, you hear, he does, bring that in and you hear drive on but it's never, never like go do these strength things with this you know like you always made that uh it is like one or the other like this is part of the three ball system this is part of the throwing program absolutely absolutely yes i think that's definitely part of your what was people i think missed the boat as well and even now like for people that if you're not lifting weights or, or getting some type of strength you're missing the boat absolutely Absolutely. Without a doubt. 
Yeah. Have you have you found it? Have you found anything interesting with your hard throwers, your ninety mile an hour club, and the and the heart and like the strongest kids in the program? Have there been any? The correlation is the most athletic. Okay. Most athletic guys throw the hardest. Are, are uh, very few exceptions. Like we we we've been. I've you know when I've spoke. Uh, in the past, I always, I remember it was, I don't know, it was in San Diego or Chicago or something and years ago. And I put up, I believe there is uh, a 90 mile an hour arm in every high school in the country. Everybody has a 90, I don't care what size your school is. And I really believe there's a 90 mile an hour arm in every grade in every high school in the country. Mm. Now, here's the problem. A lot of them aren't playing baseball. So there you go. Yeah. A lot of the athletes don't play baseball. You're right. Uh, so we were always fortunate enough to, as kids would come in, uh, we'd really try to keep that freshman, you know, that one guy in a class that was an athlete and try to keep him in baseball and, and uh, try to develop that passion. So let's stay with it. And, and those guys we've had a lot of luck with, but mm-hmm. the bottom line is, you know, if, if you're not very athletic and, and, you know, you, your ceiling's a lot lower, uh, but the more athletic you are, and obviously you have to have good arm action. You can't just take a athlete. And if you did not know how to throw, he didn't know how to throw, but it, it, really you can, you can tell a 14 year old, look at his, look at him, watch him throw and then measure, start measuring the speed and his broad jump and stuff like that. You'll know within two days, if the guy has potential to get to 90, of course mm-hmm. the 90 is now 95. So we have we have we don't have a ninety five club for the high school. That's for sure. So, <laughs> everyone's caught up. Everyone's building velocity, so we don't stand out much anymore. <laughs> oh, man, uh, I mean, still, I mean, you still, it's, it's to have a small school like that to have, it, yeah, it's still still definitely stick out. But yeah, I know what you mean. The ninety is now ninety five. It's right. It is pretty wild. That's for sure. So I mean, um, man. You know, one thing I wanted to share with you it was really interesting. Is you're talking, you know, you talk about prehab recovery and so on. And, and when John Neese uh, uh, played the Mets and pitched in the world series a few years ago, he's a big leaguer. He's a, and uh, I was asking him, I go, Hey, we never ice. We've never, we never iced. I never really believed in it because my short stint of pro ball, everybody iced. So you got the big pack and they wrapped it all around you. Well, I never iced until I got to pro ball and I never had, sore arm I just would throw or whatever and, and I started icing heck my didn't really recover as fast it seemed like so I ne- high school if guys won dice they could and if they didn't I didn't really care and it's kind of funny because DJ uh former bandier uh yeah you know what I mean and reds he was talking about hey what do your guys do with the reds uh as far as your recovery he goes I don't know they all do their own and they go how many do icing he goes I don't think anybody does ice anymore he goes in the resort. He goes, so right. You know what I mean? He goes, I don't know. I don't hardly ever see anybody have ice on. So, which is interesting. Uh, very interesting. Cause everybody has their own thing that, and, and I believe in that one hundred percent, you know, everybody has yeah. their own to recover and you figure it out. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's true. So has, has it, has, have you always been like that? Or is that something that's just now you think is, is big trend? Cause I know back, you wouldn't hear that from a big time pitching coach. You know, to say, well, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, in high school, seeing high school is so much different. We're not. Th- it is. We're not talking college and pro. We got 
we're, we're coaching all the positions. They all our all our pitchers are our best players. They're all playing another position. Mm-hmm. Uh, are usually our best hitters. If you look at all our guys, we've had fortunate enough to get drafted or go D one. They were all our best hitters too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were our best athletes, and right. and we just plugged them into the pitching. Like those guys could have gone on and played D one as a hitter, but we just made them pitchers because mm-hmm. I always felt it was a lot easier because as a pitcher, especially if they play other sports, just throw. You know, you don't have to you don't have to hit every day. Right. You know, if you want to be a hitter, you got to hit every day. I mean, you got yeah. you got to work at it and and. As a pitcher, just get the 90. That's what we've been preaching that for years. Just get the 90. And somebody's going to take it. College is going to get you. Now, it's getting tougher at 90. It used to be automatic. <laughs> but uh, it's not quite as automatic. It used to be get the 90, you get drafted. So yeah. that's not the case anymore either. But No, that's a good point. That's a great point. But yeah, I, I think what you're saying, too, like because uh, I think what people know is, you know, you're, you're in a northern school. It's going to snow. It's going to get cold. You can't get outside to hit. You can find a place inside, you know, and back in the day, just until recently, you know, you didn't have indoor, even indoor facilities to hit at, you know, like, but yeah, you could even drop this, even drop the, the, the stage curtain down and throw into the curtain, you know, or throw into something that at least you can find a place to throw. You only need a certain amount of space. Yeah, that's exactly right, Trey. And, and, you know, it's kind of funny as, uh, we were so fortunate with when we got our, a new school, then we got the new facilities and then uh, John Neese and Chad Billingsley built us the indoor uh, facility. And we have all these great facilities, uh, but we won a heck of a lot more the last three years. We haven't won a lot. We went successful, but we were, we were doing it. We, you would have thought, we would have thought, man, we're, we got, we have hit tracks, mm-hmm. we got rap soda, we got plyo walls, we got band walls. We got everything. We got six batting cages. We can do all kinds of things now. And we're, we aren't as success, successful as before when we had one batting cage with no heat in the football stadium. So, yeah, uh, facilities are awesome. But uh, that doesn't make you – that doesn't make uh, mean you're going to be any better. You got yeah. to use them. So. Yeah, that's such a great perspective. You know, such a great perspective on things. And, yeah, I mean – but like you said, yeah, it's just like now the ninety doesn't even guarantee it now. You know, it's just it's just funny how things have been changing. And but um, have you have you is the hunger still there for guys to want to get there? Do you still see that in your guys, like with the intent to try and yeah, go hard? I think, and, I think so. Yeah, yeah, we still you know we're still uh, we still get our one guy one guy a year, one guy a class. Uh, right now, I think we have a, uh, we have a sophomore class. I think we should, we should have three mm-hmm. that come out of that class. Now they're all basketball guys. So it's all going to depend on how much they, right. how much they do, they can do on their own. but they all have the potential to do so. So, uh, but in the past we've had other guys, uh, that, that very much could have, could have gotten to 90, uh, that maybe end up, quitting baseball or played a year and just didn't like it or didn't, you know, everybody has that. So, uh, you know, as, as much success and as fortunate we've been here, uh, that still doesn't mean that every kid comes in and that's all they want to do is, you know, and so, uh, but they, it, the best part, you know, you go back to the Luke Hagerty's who's uh Luke Hagerty now X2 athletics out of Arizona first rounder with the Cubs made about made a comeback at 38 years old. He was throwing 97 last year. Cause he trains guys and he trains with them. I think he's the best pitching guy in the country without a doubt. 
Yeah. He actually trains with his athletes. Mm-hmm. So he is working his body at the same. So any, any guy that trains that coaches and is still training and doing it, cause you can feel it. Like you can sure. try things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but Luke Hagerty's who was a first rounder in Oh two. And then out of ball state who went to after Nathan Smith and John picked up Luke Hagerty. Mm-hmm. And you talked about, I think one of your uh, things you talked about earlier was, uh, what guy has evolved the most? Have you seen yeah. the big jump? Probably the guy that we did the least with. Because when I came to Defiance, Luke Hagerty was going to be a senior. So we only we, – and he was a basketball guy. So we really didn't have him. But in the summer before I got there, I came over in the summer. And him and uh, two other guys, uh, Luke Hagerty, 6'7". Eric Sprague was my assistant, was 6'6". Six, six. Another guy, 6'4". They're all basketball guys. They came up to him. And they were like the – maybe the four five and six pitchers uh, two of them are seniors and one was junior. And they said, we're going to just focus on baseball. We're not going to, or we're just going to focus on basketball. We're, we're not going to play baseball. Like they weren't position guys. They were just POs and they didn't get pitched, but they were good basketball players. Mm-hmm. And I told Luke, I go, you're six, seven left-handed. You cannot walk away from this. You right. cannot. you're an athlete. And they didn't really get that because we didn't, they, there wasn't anyone before that. Right. And so fortunately it worked out. He stayed with us. And in the spring, you know, he was six, seven lefty through 82, 83, but uh, coach Maloney at ball state, John Lowry at ball state, uh, gave him books. That's when you could give books. I go, this guy's going to be really good. Well, in three years, he evolved into a first round pick. Mm. Uh, yeah. And he was going to walk away. So, mm. Uh, talking about evolution, he's a, a great story. Well, then when kids saw that, and then we had Billingsley, a first rounder out of high school in 03. Kids saw that. Then we had Nice, uh, seventh rounder in 05. And then uh, then we had Berg- Tyler Burgoon, another, you know, just kept on going, 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 guy after guy after guy after guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that really built on each other. Then it became almost routine. They didn't know how hard those guys worked to yeah. get what they were. So now guys come in, they're like, well, I just, I'm here. I'll be able to, I'll be able to do that. But right. no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so right. you don't know how much work they put into it. So is that what you've seen between those all, you know, those, those elite level guys were just that the, the unbelievable work ethic? Yes. Yes. Uh, they were all there. All of them were tremendous. Yes. Billingsley. Yeah. The difference between, I think you ta- asked me about, uh, what was the difference between the three big leaders? Billingsley, Nice, and Hancock. Billingsley. Uh, came into high school, six foot, 185 pound, three sport athlete, heck of a quarterback. Uh, they was getting ready to actually, as a freshman, he was getting ready to become the starting quarterback in week three. And they were in practice and a kid missed a block. And he came down on the point of the football and ruptured his spleen. He didn't know it happened to practice. And he started getting sick at night and they rushed him to the hospital. He's in the hospital for three weeks. I uh, about, about bled to death. And he never played football or basketball after that. And he focused on baseball. If that mm-hmm. doesn't happen, he might have been a D1 quarterback. He right. may not have been, you know what I mean? So yeah. uh and then and then John Neese, the difference between him, he came in and Billingsley came into high school throwing like 81, 82. Now that's not a big deal now. It is our kids, but across the country, it's not you see an eighth grader throwing 90 now. Yeah. But, but back then, a, a freshman throwing 81, 82, we don't have many of them to do that now. They come in, most freshmen come in throw. 70 72 yeah 70 yeah. it's still the case that was how niece niece was like 68 to 71 his freshman year he's kind of a roly-poly pudgy guy 
Uh, and then I stuck him with Billingsley, workout partner, because he worked his day off. And then, mm-hmm. and following him was Tyler Bergoon. Tyler Bergoon's one of the best success stories. It made me believe he's an 07 grad, five foot seven, 140 mm. pounds when he graduated. Mm. He went, he went to, uh, and he, and he touched 94. And so, uh, but he was an all-time worker. He worked out on his own all the time in the fall and, and just continued to work. And so we would like really build off, what does he do? You know, he, you know, he's five, seven, five, eight, 140 pounds, throw 94 mile an hour. Uh, and, uh, so he's, a, he's a, a guy that evolved, came into high school, 70, 72, but most of our guys come in there. And for the most part, the, they're all about the same. A few guys are a little bigger, so they throw a little harder sooner. Uh, but it's all about maturation, how much you're going to – everybody's going to gain VLO. Like, it's the most overrated thing in the world. My VLO program works. My VLO pre- – everyone's VLO program works because you can take any kid for the most part, especially if they have not trained a lot coming into high school. And they're all going to gain within two months. They're all going to gain five, six mile an hour just because they've never learned how to throw hard. You know what right. I mean? They don't know how to cut loose. So – uh, so the, uh, when you read all, see all these, uh, VLO programs, you're, if you don't gain VLO, then you're really doing something wrong. Sure. Sure. Uh. <clears throat> and like you said, it's just even part of like the, the maturation process, you know, kids yes. are getting bigger and stronger, you know, and then with those, with, with this, with the smaller guy, like, was he a strength guy? Like, was he really strong for like pound for pound? It's like but, strong uh, the Burgoon kid, the small kid. Yeah. Um, he was just athletic. Yeah. yeah. He was strong for his size. Yes. Very. I mean, he was very strong for his size, uh, mm-hmm. but he wasn't a big kid. Obviously, you know what I mean? But he was just naturally, he was athletic. And and the funny thing about him, talk about him, uh, coach Maloney and, and, uh, John Lowry were at Michigan. He ended up going to Michigan play for them. So, uh, yeah. 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 And, and Coach Maloney is a – if you know much about Coach Maloney and you do, and talking to Coach Lowry and knowing Coach Maloney, he loves, he loves those pitches. They're 6'6". Six, six. So, for him – so, when Tyler graduates, about 5'9", uh, So, for him to recruit a 5'9 guy uh, was rare. But mm-hmm. the thing is, here's something I want to share. If you want to talk about this – is, this is – once again, we're old school on this, but I really believe it. He had 20 – appearances on the mound out of 33 games mm. this year and caught every inning that he did not throw. Wow, that guy would love never, to throw. Never had our promise whole career. Yeah. So when they say, oh, if you pitch 90 pitches, you should go rest. You shouldn't go play shortstop. If you are in shape and you throw every day and you launch us, there. To me, there is a lot of people say that guy's crazy. He's gonna, and I probably, if I was coaching college or pro, I probably wouldn't be that way. But high school, it doesn't really, you know, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. But I firmly believe if, uh, all our guys play two positions, and, yeah. and, and and they they go from the mound and play another position. The catching pitching's rare. That's something right. Don't, you don't see that much. Not with like heavy no, inning guys, no, things no, like that. We don't that. look for we don't look for two way guys that are pitchers catchers. But he just happened to be good at both. And he actually went to Michigan for both positions. That's and incredible. He ended up being a pitcher. He actually was going to probably be a catcher and end up having a great fall and end up pitching. They had kept some injuries, and ended up being a pitcher. That's so. mm-hmm. has has the pitch count rules with with the mandatory rests and stuff. Has that affected the way that you with your staff? Uh, uh, yeah, actually, you know, it's kind of funny because 
the first year or so, we incorporated it. Uh, the spring wasn't a big deal, but in the summer, we have it where you have 30 pitches, over 30 you sit a day. Yep. 50 is two days, and 75 is three days. And we're pretty liberal. I mean, that's a pretty, you know, that's not, that's pretty fair. And yeah. 40, like we can throw 100, we can go up to 125 and only have three days rest, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Uh, and we don't, hardly anybody ever throws 125 anymore, but usually you get the 105, 110. But um, that first summer, we probably did more damage on arms with the pitch count than we did without it because what we would do, we would pull our guys at 74 mm -hmm. so we could use them again in case we needed to, because in the, and, and so what we were doing, we were pulling a couple of our better guy and we wore them out and they just hit the wall. And, and so we actually hurt a kid more with pitch count because we tried to beat the pitch count, try to figure this out or otherwise. We, yeah. So otherwise we let them. Yeah. So we, they were throwing more frequently before and we've done this we have done this for years you may be a starter uh and and on a tuesday game and you throw your whatever 105 110 whatever and we bring them back friday we go tuesday league friday league we come back friday and let them close sure uh or three, three, two. no we did that forever or we've we in tournaments uh you know we had a kid in 16 shea smitty one pitch at louisville uh he pitched in every game in the tournament he started game one and, and closed game two back-to-back -back days all the way through. Uh, and you can't wow. do that now because once – so it's really changed our strategy in tournament uh, from the pitch count. But I like the pitch count more. I like the pitch count more because you have to develop more of a staff. We can get by. We never use uh, uh, more than four pitchers in a spring. And we would throw – and we have a really short spring. Like we play 27 games – in about five to six weeks. So oh. we, and, and so, but we would, we would, but now with the pitch count, we actually have to go, you know, get develop more pitchers. So actually it can be really to our advantage if you're a, uh, if you have a decent staff, because you can get into deeper into their staff and you should be better off. So, but yeah, so the pitch count center, I, I like the pitch count. I don't, I don't really 100% believe that the pitch count is saves arms. Sure. Uh, I mean, I don't think, I think there's so many other things that go into it. Absolutely. Uh, that's, a, that's a piece of it, mm -hmm. but the, the pitch count is, is just a piece of, of the arm issues. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, and that's, and it's so interesting. You say that is like you said, even through all this arm building and 90 mile club you have, you really only have four arms that would throw in a spring. For the most part, we might throw, I have, I have all our numbers on our, uh, on our website. Yeah. Shows our our top four pitchers and how many innings all the years back for the last twenty one years and how many innings are number one two three and four, and our four will usually if you look at our four if we went through in the past up until the last couple of years our four would throw maybe fifteen to seventeen innings, the okay. entire spring, yeah. Mm. And our five might if we have a five or six they threw like three or four because they just came in at a blowout or we were mm. you know and that's twenty seven before the tournament or is that with the tournament. Uh, we uh, the, we've actually Ohio actually moved back their tournament now. We get, we gained a week, so now we're pretty much close to getting our regular season done by tournament. But for many many years, we'd be playing league games during our tournament for in Ohio. That's in, crazy. In, in Northern Ohio, we well, what would never you be had our regular season done? Wow, like what would you even be doing? Like why would that? Oh my! Like you would yes. just throw anybody out there. 
Yeah, at one point we would start in Ohio 15, 10, probably 10 to 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we would start our tournament end of March and tournament draw was like April 20th. And our tournament started end of April. We'd play four weeks to start tournament. And we'd still have like eight, 10 more regular season games. So we're playing tournament and regular season and league games at the same time. And then they moved our tournament back to starting about May 8th. So we'd still have a, we still have a couple of league games. And now Ohio last year or two years ago, we started tournament May 15th. So we're about done with our regular season now uh, by tournament time. But last so year, yeah. How do you even prioritize like what the. We always play for tournament. Absolutely. We always play for tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, you'd be just throwing probably the touched in you know, football game scores those games when you're doing those two. Yeah, without that, but but once again, you know, you could you could set it up that if you well, like you said it gives you opportunity to build your staff. You get those yeah. other guys, you know, for yeah. sure. Definitely does that. Definitely, definitely does that. That's for sure. That's really interesting. I've never heard that. That's really interesting. You know, especially all these years, I've, ne- I've, ne- we've, I've never asked you about that. That's that is really interesting. You we have a tournament game as well as a league game. Because yeah. in Maryland, like you, you'd get one after the draw date, and you'd be like, "Well, what are we doing here?" You know, like yeah. I'm not throwing anything today. <laughs> like I'm not either. So, right. well, we're gonna hit a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But then there's, and, and most most coaches play for tournament. But here's the deal. Here's what happens if you have a league game when you have league games after tournament. And a team gets beat outs in your league. They get their one. So they're out of tournament. So they're going to throw their one against your probably three. Sure. And, and so that always made it a, a strange. So you were always hoping those league games you had at the end that they were still winning in tournament. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to go face their one because they were done with, with tournament. So true. That made it, I mean, once again, it's fun strategy. Oh, it is. Yeah. Let's make the strategy at the end of the year for sure. That's what makes it fun. That's for sure. Uh, um, I, I'm just wondering, I'm just, I'm just wondering now, you know, we've been all fastball, we've been all velo, you know, and again, like, just like, I think it's the strength part of it, you know, is your curveball and how you've taught the curveball for years. And I know we've had plenty of conversation curveball wise. Has that, did that, you know, even now, and then you figure out even now in the game, they're spinning the ball more at the big league level. There, a lot of people are spinning the ball more. Um, has the curveball, when did that come into the play with the three ball system and everything that you've done? Well, the curveball um, was was that was probably my best pitch, and so I learned how to throw a curveball young because my dad, like my dad, played 13 years of pro ball in the in the St. Louis Browns and Orioles area, so he was a curveball guy. So I always had a good curveball. But as far as uh, so, I've always we've always taught the curveball. But actually, it was a video I watched. I think it was Greg Olson uh, when I was probably in the 90s uh, teaching the curveball, mm-hmm. and he did some curveball drills. And we kind of took some some stuff off of him and started doing our curveball drill series, uh, which we'll do uh, in the preseason. We'll do um, pitchers will do it almost every day. And and what I like about the curveball drills is you can do the curveball drills. There's absolutely no wear and tear on your arm because you're, you're 45 feet apart. You're just spinning it. And and uh, like if anybody wants to see that, all this stuff that we do is on YouTube. So you just Google, YouTube, we have all our throwing progression on there, our curveball drills on there. Uh, so if anybody wants to see anything like that. But we really work on the, the curveball is, well, our, I guess, our little cliche we have or what do you want to say is the curveball is we say we throw with our shoulder and our abs uh, and, and really get the hand turned early 
uh, thinking fastball, fastball, curve, but really getting that hand turned and getting on top of it. And so we just do a lot of what we call the C drill drills to learn that. And, and uh, I think probably as a program, we're probably most proud of our breaking ball of anything we do. Like uh, um, we've been, it's kind of, it's kind of neat once in a while when, you know, we were Chris Burke will do, will be doing a Louisville game and he'll say, here's the defiance curveball, you know, it'll be <laughs> nice. on, on the ESPN, you know what I mean? So uh, our guy, the curveball drills, I will guarantee anyone as we tell all the kids from the area come into our camps or we, we, if you do these, you will have a hammer guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You will spend there's no doubt in my mind. If you mm-hmm. do these. Now I can't guarantee you're gonna throw them for strike. Can't guarantee you got to figure that out. You got to figure out your least point. But we'll teach you how to spin it, and and uh, and they do. It works. I mean, the kids they they have a passion for it. And uh, uh, but that it's kind of funny though because we had a lot of power arms forever, so we just go you know fastball and then the hammer. <clears throat> uh, but now that we've had to get deeper with our pitching staff, yeah, you know, one and twos have been really good. Well, now with threes and fours, the guy that throws 78, 80. The curveball is never – the harder you throw, the better your curveball. The harder you throw, the harder your curveball is going to be. And so now that changeup has been very important. So we've really evolved with the changeup over the last probably five years. Oh, yeah. We all know, bottom line, and changeup, God, I wish I had done this 25 years ago because the changeup is an automatic out in high school. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. if you just throw the thing across the plate, you don't even – you know, everybody gets so concerned – and I understand this at the college level and the pro level, everything's got to look the same, you know, arm action's got to be the same. And don't, in high school, you literally can almost tell you can, you can do it. BP. We're going to throw a change up here. They can't hit it. They're on their front foot. And they know the thing's coming. You know what I mean? So if you can just throw the change up in high school and, and, and get it across and just don't elevate it. Cause if you elevate, I swear to God, that's an, it's amazing how the change up, you can leave that thing up. Oh, that thing gets smacked every time. Pounding. Oh, it is crazy. Uh, and and so just don't leave it up. Easier said than done. Sure. But uh, yeah, the change up is is uh, is a tremendous pitch. Well, that's what I was honestly like that because that's something we've never talked about. When you talked about in the fall, like uh, throwing this just a softball and baseball, I thought because that's what I, I I've worked with that just to get guys to have a better feel for the change up. I want long toss of softball, so you get. Still just staying behind the ball. If that thing sails, you, if you can't long toss it, you can't throw a good changeup. You know, right. or you have no feel for it. You know, right. so I didn't know if I thought that I had thought for myself, but I didn't know you were. Would you, were you doing some of the softball stuff? Did you see that? That does it help with the well, changeup? Or in our you- throwing progression, every day we we alternate fastball changeup. So every right. other throw, every day we do is fastball changeup. So uh, we're working the changeup every single day, just playing catch with it. So. Uh, or our, our progression with it. So, uh, I, like I, you know, I, I tell people I have never stepped foot in a bullpen before a game. Mm-hmm. I've never stepped foot in a bullpen in practice. I cannot stand bullpens. They bore me to death and mm-hmm. we have other things to do. And mm-hmm. our pitchers don't do bullpens. Uh, we've actually done more bullpens in the last three years, preseason and practice because we have cages. But before when you had one batting cage, and to have a pitcher go live against a hitter and the other 14 guys standing around uh, was no good. Mm-hmm. So we, we hardly did any live live stuff until scrimmages. And we struggled. We do struggle throwing strikes. So it does help 
the more live you can throw to the hitters. We used to always think the be- it was best for hitters, but it's also good for pitchers. But we did. I, I really believe that pitching is pretty simple. You know, we always say, "What's the toughest thing in all sport to do?" It's hit a baseball. So, what must be the easiest thing to do? It must be to be a pitcher. The hardest thing is to be a hitter. And I want to be a pitcher. Why would you want to go? Why would you want to do the hardest thing? <laughs> That's the hardest. Pitching's got to be the easiest. That's it really right. is. And you That's know, we, we try to make it as simple as possible. We really focus on our progression. Everything's got to be right. Everything's got to be done. Uh, everything's got to be with intent. Bullpens go warm up. I, I really believe we wouldn't even have to do a bullpen for a game. Maybe right. go down, just get a feel of the mound a little bit. Uh, you could literally just go out and pitch and, and go out and throw and spin right. it, stay a little off. Uh, and, and once again, that's just a, a philosophy at the high school level. College right. is free. When you're pitching, coaching college, you, can, you got plenty of time. You can do all that other stuff. High school, right. you don't have time to do bullpens all during practice because we play every day when we start. Once our season starts, we play five days a week. Wow. Yes. And we, and, and we get one day of practice, basically. Wednesday is our only day, which is getting a little better because our season's getting – they moved our tournament back, so that's going to get a little better with practices. But in the north, we're, when we have an open day, we're playing a makeup game mm-hmm. because we have, we have cold you know, postponements, rainouts. So mm-hmm. we're constantly filling in every open date which are very few with games. So mm-hmm. uh, really don't get to practice much. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame because that's where a lot of the high school kids are really be needed as well, you know, and they need it from guys like you, not from some regular summer ball coach, but, um, oh man, that's been, oh, it's great. It's great, great, great. Um, here we are over an hour coach already over an hour into it, man. This has been a ton, <laughs> a ton of fun. So you said YouTube, People get the fines, and I would hundred percent back those. I still have the, the 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 the, vi- the video of the DVD, seen it multiple times. I can swear by the curveball progression as well. Uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, it's been phenomenal stuff. Thank you. Thank you definitely you. stood the test of time, and I continue huge success. And I just can't thank you enough for what you've done for me, for sure. But I think what you're saying too is is so simple. You know, I actually talked. I just got a chance to talk to Butch Chafin and. He's just saying, you know, same like the the simple stuff is what we're all shooting for, and 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 it's always great to talk to guys like you and him, where you can just these simple truths still hold true, and don't make it more complicated than what it is, and you know, and that's and it's it's just great to hear. Well, I appreciate it. I uh, thank you for what you're doing as well, Trey, on the podcast. I've uh, enjoyed uh, listening to them. Sure. I haven't got all of them, but I really enjoy, enjoy listening to John Lowry Senior because yeah. Uh, and all your guys are really good. You had some great ones, but I love hearing the old timer high school guys because uh, uh, just fun. Yeah, I know. I can't wait to get to get to some more of those guys. You know, I'm fortunate to know guys like yourself and Coach Lowry, and can't wait to have uh, you know Lowry Junior on here as well. We'll Absolutely. get him talking. Let me know when you got him on there. <laughs> I will. I certainly will. I certainly will. But man, Coach, I just I can't thank you enough, man. This has been awesome. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Coach Tom Held from Defiance High School in Ohio, and because um, I sure I certainly did, just sitting there and uh, being able to touch base with a guy like Coach Held and all his years of success and continued success as he continues to develop great pitchers, great ball players. His program continues to have great success. There's not many programs you're gonna find 
in the area, and then just to be able to talk to a guy who's had three big leaguers in his program. So that's pretty incredible, very fortunate. Can't thank a lot of the relationships that I had to get to Coach Elvis specifically is John Lowry Jr. Because um, Coach Elvis a great guy and fortunate we've sat on many ABCA hot stoves, our own hot stoves, called him many a times to touch base about things and always willing to share. And again, another testament to the great coaching fraternity as Coach Held, um, you know, and all his um, – I was nobody to, to him and who he was, and he was willing to share and touch base, talk with some baseball. And and um, so I, I'm certainly uh, – Learned some valuable lessons from him, and and uh, hopefully you were able to pick up some great things for yourself as well, based off of his philosophy system and just how holding people accountable um, to his standard of intent. And you can hear a lot of the things that uh, basically is what the um, what you hear a lot in the game about intent and things like that is what he continues to uh, have taught for over 20 years and um you know but one of the biggest things is i i I impresses always impresses me is just his willingness to be true to himself stick to knows what's worse he's tried different things and there's things that he just has never swayed on and um and it's worked it's worked for him but again check them out on youtube see their divines high school pitching pitching drills they're phenomenal they work um, if you can manage them. And where they work also if, if you work. So nothing works unless we do. And so, and Coach is very, was very blunt about it. He's very, very matter-of-fact about it. If the kid didn't put in the work, he's not going to get the results. You don't just show up at Defiance and say, oh, I'm just going to throw 90. It's, it's still a matter of the work. And and um, that's also part of the being the better men part and the mentality part that Coach uh, says because it's just it's all encompassing to want to throw 90 be part of the 90 mile, 90 mile an hour club that he has in his program you know you have to put in the work and, and it's all part of being the better man the maturation process and being mature you know and putting in the time to do those things is is, is all part of it and uh, Coach Hell continues to bring in those people day in and day out and he's known all throughout the country for doing that so um, you know hopefully if you have if you enjoyed it, please share it. And um, can't thank you enough for sticking with us. Hopefully, uh, you find some value in it. I know this one was uh, valuable for me. Always is talking to Coach Held. So, but again, thank you so much for joining us. Keep getting better. <laughs>